on this episode of I'm There For You Baby. I want you to be comfortable. Neil, just a second. Dr. Alan Mobley, who knows whereof he speaks. But what what was your product? Let's be specific. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, we want to get to the juicy stuff. So it didn't (laughs) matter. Being sentenced in a federal criminal court um, to 45 years in prison. Uh, You and Neil are brothers. He's the short one. You're the tall one. Do you experience what the philosophers have called the dark night of the soul? I'm happy. No, I'm a happy person. All right, I'll sit up straight. Barbara, how are you today? I should have put the cat away. I'm There For You Baby is produced in San Diego, California, America's finest city. Presented by IVN. Do you have a business, nonprofit, or campaign that needs to break through the communications clutter? For over 10 years, IVC Media has developed a suite of digital tools, data sets, and creative techniques, all to help corporate, government, and nonprofit organizations deliver authentic, innovative, and effective communications. Our teams in San Diego and Tijuana can help you overcome the most challenging communications projects in any language or location. Visit us today at ivc.media. Welcome, listeners, to another edition of I'm There For You, Baby, the Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm here with my bride, co-host, partner, and and, uh, worldwide advisor, Barbara Bree. So here's what's on my mind today. This is a unique uh, show because we have one of our guests, Dr. Alan Mobley. And here's what's important. About four years ago, I get invited to visit uh, Lancaster Prison. I'm invited, I'm invited as a guest of Defy Ventures. When I say a guest, at the end, you had to write a check anyway. And Defy Ventures was an organization set up, it still exists, to teach entrepreneurship in prison. And I was moved and deeply involved. And I committed to it. I raised a bunch of dough and we brought it to Donovan State Prison here in San Diego. About two months later, after I get back from Lancaster, it was 110 degrees in July, my wife is at an event, a famous blah, blah, and she meets Dr. Alan Mobley. And offhand, she says, you know, my husband was just teaching and was moved by in prison. And Dr. Mobley says, I'm worldwide at San Diego State. And furthermore, Just as an aside, I did spend a little bit of time in incarceration. She says, you got to meet my husband. Alan and I have formed a four-year relationship, and he has moved me deeply. I care deeply about what is happening in the prison system. I'm not going to wax eloquent about what can be changed and what is good and what isn't and how to fix it. But I will tell one story. So in this Defy program, you do some circles. And, a, and, a, and after a full day of teaching and committing and bonding, you go through and, and they move and you stay, you, stay, you stay centered and the outside circle moves and, and you get a minute, minute and a half to talk to the, the, the prisoner, the, former, the currently incarcerated, but soon to be formerly incarcerated. The guy gets to me, I'm the last one. And he says, I'm deeply appreciative of what you do here for me. I think of you and pray for you every night. Now, he then, he's smiling at me. And this guy has one tooth. One. That's all. Only one. And I'm thinking, you're praying for me. 
And I was deeply moved and it has encouraged and reinforced my commitment to, I'm gonna call it either prison improvement or prison reform and to that, we are lucky to have Dr. Alan Mobley who knows whereof he speaks. Barbara. Neil, that was a, a great segue in today's show. You know, I'm there for you, baby, celebrates entrepreneurship. We believe that everyone today has to think like an entrepreneur, whether it's in your own business, a large organization, government, a nonprofit, or even prison. A key theme, this is the key theme of our lives, is that everyone needs to think like an entrepreneur to ask tough questions and to challenge the status quo. Um, our next guest, uh, Dr. Alan Mobley, certainly exemplifies all of these characteristics. Uh, Alan is an associate professor of public affairs and criminal justice at San Diego State University, where he is also the founding executive director of Project Rebound. Uh, as you noted, you and Alan have worked together. You've taught entrepreneurship together at Donovan State Prison. Uh, yeah, Alan, I, I, I got to tell you, Barbara Darling, Mobley has challenged the system since he was six years old. Okay. He is the poster child for challenging the system. I love well, it. I think you and he have a lot in common, Neil. <laughs> uh, well, welcome uh, to I'm There For You, Baby. Alan, um, please tell us about your life before you became a college professor. Well, thank you. Uh, it's great to be with both of you. And I really appreciate the emphasis on entrepreneurship and, uh, and challenging the status quo. I was an entrepreneur. I was in the entertainment industry. Hold on, Barbara, you gotta be fair. Mobis was really good at the following. So an entrepreneur has the following problems. He's gotta say, is there a market? He had one. What's my cost of goods versus what I have to sell it for? Is there a margin? He was good at that. Marketing, how do I convince people that I'm available to sell them something that might be of value to them? So as an entrepreneur, he gets an A plus. It, it, the fact that it might've been a little bit sketchy, that's a different matter. But the problem that people don't understand is, does anybody care? Will the dogs eat the dog food as their margin cost of goods? They had to file tax returns. I mean, it was a real business. Well, so tell us about this business, Alan, and what happened because of this business to you. Well, I really appreciate Neil's uh, flattery. Um, there was one part of the business um, that I didn't pay much attention to unfortunately, and that was the competition, right? I, I misread who the competition was. Okay, tell us, well, I guess, who was the competition then? So I thought the competition uh, were um, other entrepreneurs who were providing a similar service or providing um, the similar product. And so our goal was to be the most efficient that we could be, bring the highest quality product that we could um, at the most reasonable price. Um, but what we didn't think of um, that closely uh, were law enforcement agencies because they were also part of the competition and they uh, disapproved of our line of business. Uh, they had many tools uh, to infringe and regulate what we were doing and one day uh, produced an indictment um, that caused uh, a great many people a great amount of suffering, uh, including myself, uh, who ended up being sentenced in a federal criminal court um, to 45 years in prison. Oh and my God. Charges the charges were around um, aiding and abetting in the distribution of cocaine, uh, a narcotic and controlled substance. So you went to prison. 
Yes. And what happened when you were in prison? Well, you know, not much. Sun comes up, you know, moves across the sky, sun goes down. You do that about 25,000 times <laughs> and try to stay out of the way of the guards and, and, uh, and whatever kind of shenanigans uh, might be going on in there. Uh, but, but one thing that, uh, you know, like on the serious side that, that I think that happens to everybody uh, in prison is you experience what the philosophers have called the dark night of the soul. Uh, it's, a, it's built for a, a deeply introspective time. I mean, even the name penitentiary comes from the Quakers and a tradition of doing penance, where you can be alone with your maker, with your conscience, and think about your life and, and where it is thus far, and how satisfied or dissatisfied you might be. And, uh, and I defy you to find people in prison who are terribly satisfied with their lives. And, and that was me. Um, I thought, man, I really need to take advantage of this opportunity. Um, I've got 45 years. If I just let it go by, you know, I'm, I'm probably just going to die in here. Um, if I get caught up in the prison life, you know, violence and drugs and what have you, then, you know, once again, it could just be all day. So I started getting involved in education. Um, at that time, there were educational opportunities available in prison. Uh, it went away um, during during the Clinton administration, and I shouldn't make it sound like it just went away. It was, mm. There was a bipartisan consensus to take away educational wow. opportunities for people in prison. Uh, um, but I got in a little bit under the wire and started taking classes. It gave me uh, a feeling of, um, of accomplishment, of improving myself, and uh, ended up getting a bachelor's degree in economics. Um, you know, once again, my entrepreneurial kind of zeal Mm -hmm. uh, kicking in there and thinking about what to study. I didn't want to study business so much, uh, but the whole theories are around how the economic system works. Mm -hmm. And uh, and doing that, I found that economics got increasingly around uh, numbers, and I was much more interested in people and you know, how people relate to each other. And so then I did a master's in sociology, and none of this uh, could have happened without people on the outside, uh, like Neil was describing earlier, people on the outside caring and coming in to try to help us. So Alan, you earn these two degrees and then you do get released after how many years? You know, obviously you did not serve 45 years. Hold on, this is an important moment, which I know. Tell me this, tell us the story of the judge who says you really have a chance to make a big difference and he lets you out, he sends you out. He's with, you know, with a pizza, he sends you out at the end of the 10. Tell the judge story. So after the, the third time of being denied parole, uh, I was truly at the dark night of the soul then and um, uh, felt you know, relatively powerless and uh, felt like I had done really all I could do to earn my release. And so I thought, you know, what else can I do? It's part of the convict's motto, right? Do all that you can, do everything that you can, and then really kind of just let go because whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. Uh, a lot of fatalism in prison. So I had one thing left to do, and that was I wrote a letter to the judge who had sentenced me to those 45 years. And he had put a provision um, in my sentence that said that I could be let out early, um, like let out prior to 10 years. Um, if, uh, if the parole board wanted to let me go, if they thought that I had achieved some merit. Uh, so they hadn't, right? The parole board said, no, you know, we don't care about what you're doing in here. Um, we didn't like what you were doing out there. And I just felt this was unjust. 
uh, you know, I wasn't the only uh, cocaine trafficker out there. Um, crack cocaine had become a scourge in American society. Uh, that was invented um, prior, uh, well, I mean, that was invented after I was incarcerated, right? It wasn't a part of my life at all. And I thought I, I was being held partly accountable for what was currently going on out in the streets and it was unjust. And so I wrote a letter to the judge and I stated this as well as gave them a list of, of my accomplishments. And it was, uh, my letter was supported by a few other letters from others um, verifying uh, the story I was telling. And the judge responded um, in a miraculous way, right? He signed a court order uh, for my immediate release and had me report to his chambers. And, uh, and so that's what I did. And he said, I let you out primarily because of your educational attainments. I hope that you keep it up. And I said, well, judge, you know, I don't really want to go get a job and have a boss. And I'm not sure that anyone's going to hire me anyhow. So, uh, so being a professor, being a researcher, um, this might work out for me. And so I went down to the local university, which was uh, University of California at Irvine. They had a criminology department there. They still do. It's one of the best in the country. And uh, they gave me a fellowship and let me in. And there I stayed and for about five years and got my PhD. Have you stayed in touch with that judge? Does he understand the long-term positive impact that letting you out of prison has had? So for the next five years after getting out, uh, he had me report to his chambers every 120 days so he could uh, talk to me about how my PhD studies were going, what I was writing about, what I was involved in in the community. So yeah, he kept a, a pretty close um, tab on me. And so he was around for uh, my graduation and congratulated me on finishing my doctorate and then um, kept some track of me as I moved into professional roles. And then uh, he passed away um, a few years ago. And yeah, I'd like to think that, uh, that he, along with the other mentors who were just indispensable um, to, to my life and my career, that, that he takes satisfaction in the role that he played in helping me be of service. Your story, of course, resonates for not just hundreds, but hundreds of thousands of uh, people who have been incarcerated. I'd like to focus your energy and the time we have on tell us about Project Rebound, mm -hmm. which has truly changed lives and you are the expert at. What was it? How did you do it? Tell us what it is. That's a monster achievement. So Project Rebound really is about paying it forward. Uh, it was started at San Francisco State University over 50 years ago um, by a formerly incarcerated guy uh, like me, right? That he, he started reading in prison, um, took off with education, uh, got out, went to college, got a PhD, became a professor of criminology at San Francisco State. His name's John Irwin. And so what Project Rebound does is tell incarcerated people that there's hope for them, that there's a chance for them that they're wanted, that they can go to college and, uh, and achieve um, personal growth, personal sustainability, and be able to give back to their families and their communities. So, 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 so if I get out of Donovan State Prison, do I apply to Project Rebound while I'm still in prison? And then I get accepted to a specific campus? And Yeah, so Project Rebound now is on um, I think 15 Cal State campuses spread throughout the state. And so that gives us the ability to go into prison and do outreach, not just at Donovan locally here in San Diego, but to all the prisons in California. And so just taking San Diego State as an example, 
anyone doing time in a California state prison anywhere in the state will hear about Project Rebound uh, at San Diego State and they'll be able to begin correspondence uh, with us. And so we get lots of letters uh, every week. Um, so, from, how, so how many students do you have participating right now? So we have over 400 uh, formerly incarcerated scholars and they tend to do much better than your average student. They tend to be on the honor roll. And um, two years ago when we produced our first cohort of graduates with bachelor's degrees, all of them went to uh, graduate school either law school or master's programs or social work programs. And one who's finished, who's finishing this semester has just received a full ride scholarship for a PhD program at North Carolina State. Does Project Rebound provide a support system to help students navigate the process and to, you know, if they need academic assistance or other kinds of assistance, is that what Project Rebound does for them? I'd say number one, what Project Rebound does is change mindsets, right? That that people who are, who are members of the prisoner class, they don't have any understanding that the People's University is actually there for them. So we yeah. walk people through the admissions process and then they join our community, a community of supportive peers, and that's where they really begin to thrive. Is there more demand than you can uh, fill? Oh, tremendously, tremendously more demand. One thing that's happened in recent years is that uh, the, state, the state legislature has provided that the community colleges go into all of our state prisons and begin um, associate's degree programs in there. So essentially the community colleges are in there doing face-to-face -face college classes, um, not right now in the time of COVID, but ordinarily they are, and that's producing a pipeline, right? Like you might've heard mm -hmm. of the school to prison pipeline when, yes. when kids get expelled or, or suspended and they mm -hmm. end up in the justice system. Well, this is a reversal of that. What's limiting the growth of this program? And what does it cost to keep a person in prison for a year in California? It costs nearly $60,000 a year to keep okay, So, So here's the theme entrepreneurial. And Mobes and I, this is our stuff. If I can keep somebody from going back, I've saved $60,000. A year. So let's pretend, uh, per year. So let's have a program. You know, this is math. This says if I, if I invest $2 million and divide it by 60 grand, all I have to do is, I'm doing it by 50 because it's easy. All I have to do is change the lives of 40 people. So you can understand the power of once you get out, spending time, energy, and money, and skills to not go back. No, right. and I really want to make the point that, that nearly all of our Project Rebound students are coming straight from prison into our program. But I'm also asking, what about the tens of thousands of people people who got out of prison last year, the year before, and the year before, right. who almost all of them statistically uh, are going to return to some contact with the criminal justice system, back to jail, back to prison in the next couple of years. Why are they not coming to us? And so the answer seems clear. They don't know about the opportunity. They don't know about the program. And once again, they don't believe that it's for them. If you could wave a magic wand, how would you change the prison system? So what's been going on during COVID where the governor has seen that it's possible to begin re releasing people in mass, this has not resulted in any kind of increase in crime. And I think that this trend um, should continue, that we'll see that prisons are really places that harm people when they're overused and they've been vastly overused now for generations. Alan makes a really good point about the word timeout. So I'm an attendee, I participate by a Zoom 
in a web webinar, whatever it's called, called The Yard. And it's uh, run by a guy named Bronson who any given on once a week, he's got, I don't know, 30 or 40 people, all of them in some way touching the criminal system or have been in prison and gotten out. And there was a powerful moment a couple of weeks ago where one of the guys, kind of a guy from Texas, he's black, he's a hipster, he's a rapper, he's a, he's a guy. And he says, you know, I really needed all 10 years. It took me 10 years to change my mind. And now I'm out and I got a lot, of, and he's got new jobs and businesses. He's an active, positive force in the community. But he said, just like Alan sort of touched, he said, I needed all 10, but he didn't need 60. He didn't need 50. So this margin of how long it takes to get, quote, from Shades of Cool Hand Luke, get my mind right, versus forever, I never want to talk to the guy again. That is the margin that needs to be worked on. Alan, uh, please tell our listeners uh, how they can find out more about Project Rebound. Well, so we have uh, a website. Um, at the San Diego State Project Rebound. And so I'd recommend um, just typing in the Google box, SDSU Project Rebound, and, uh, and it'll come up. Um, and then to email us directly, it's simply Project Rebound, one word, uh, at sdsu.edu. And we'll get back to you. Yeah. Well, Alan, uh, you have an, an amazing life story. I think in many ways, uh, you and Neil are brothers. He's the short one, you're the tall one. <laughs> and, um, you know, you've added, you know, you're doing so much to change the world, to change our lives for the better and to help people who truly deserve a second chance. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. And, and thank you you for this opportunity to spread the word about uh, people out there are not lost. They can be reclaimed. They can be great contributors. And it, it's our loss if we don't put in the effort to really make those relationships and make it happen. There's more with I'm There For You Baby after the break. Hi, I'm Dr. Alan Mobley from San Diego State and you're listening to I'm There For You Baby. The Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy. For the last 10 years, IVN has brought you over 10,000 articles from hundreds of independent-minded authors dedicated to a simple etiquette rather than an ideology. We're proud to be rated center by allsides.com and least biased by mediabiasfactcheck.org. It is that nonpartisan spirit that is at the core of our journalistic mission. Today, we introduce you to a new era at IVN. We're handing over the mic, so to speak, to our independent contributors to develop their own shows, their own voice, and their own brand. In short, IVN is providing a programming platform for organizations, experts, and talented journalists to share news, information, and commentary with readers and listeners who think for themselves. We hope you find a few shows that you like. We hope you connect directly with our contributors. And as always, we hope you continue to think for yourself. Listeners, welcome back to I'm There For You Baby, the Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy. Our guest is Dr. Alan Mobley. So Alan and I have been working together for a couple of years uh, actively, thinking about how to provide, find resources 
people and money and programs. And the problem, my, my experience of the problem is that there are a lot of them. There wasn't a shortage. What there was, was a hundred different organizations that touched part of it, sort of, could be, and it frustrated us that it was so disparate. And, and one of the problems with the whole nonprofit business is that there are 30 executive directors of 30 nonprofits and everybody has to, they're looking for the same deep pocket. And I was frustrated in that when we talked to people, well, they sort of touched this or they did, well, can we work together? No, we really have our own. There was a siloed response to the problem. And I, this is not brain surgery, think that obviously a more cohesive response, in other words, four nonprofits with each $30 million versus 300 nonprofits, each with a dollar six would be more effective. Yeah, Neil, uh, I know the frustration you and Alan faced uh, as entrepreneurs wanting to get things done. I think what I'd like to leave our listeners with is that Alan's story is truly extraordinary. Uh, he exemplifies an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, first, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit was exemplified, you know, in an illegal way as a cocaine dealer in Los Angeles. Uh, and then, but then he turned that entrepreneurial spirit to getting a PhD in criminology, uh, to being a professor of criminal justice at San Diego State, for leading the Project Rebound effort at San Diego State, and for uh, becoming a leader of really around the world in what true criminal justice reform should look like. Now we need to hope that uh, leaders will pay attention. Listeners, uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, tune in next week for another edition of I'm There For You Baby, The Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy. We don't do this show for our health. We do it for yours. So if you have advice, thoughts, comments, please feel free. We got a thick skin. Send your thoughts to info at I'm there for you, baby.com. Thank you for listening to I'm There For You Baby, presented by IVN. I'm There For You Baby is produced in San Diego, California, America's finest city. Do you have a business, nonprofit, or campaign that needs to break through the communications clutter? For over 10 years, IVC Media has developed a suite of digital tools, data sets, and creative techniques to help corporate, government, and nonprofit organizations deliver authentic, innovative, and effective communications. Our teams in San Diego and Tijuana can help you overcome the most challenging communications projects in any language or location. Visit us today at ivc.media.